Okay, guys, well, we're going to need you to do some jumping and some dancing in this next track. We don't want it just to be us up here dancing, okay? You ready to do that? Shine your light through this open door. Fill this place with love divine. Nothing else can feel us more. Okay, guys, what I need you to do is to get down really low. Get down as low as you can go. Here we go. And I'm going to count to four. And then when I get to four, we're going to go nuts. All right, you ready? One, two, three, jump. again because as you can see we've kind of made a bit of a hash of it and uh, we really want to worship God in a, in a fun vibrant way and not in a messy way so it was actually my fault I do apologize 
So, <laughs> Father, we love you. We worship you. Let's play the track again. <laughs> yeah. Can we also have the track up in the monitors because we can't hear ourselves? That'd be great. Thanks. And can we have it louder out the front as well? Shine your light through this open door. Fill this place with a love divine. Nothing else can feel us more.
come with expectations waiting here for you waiting here for you
sound may it be a sweet sweet sound in your ear may it be a sweet sound 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 let's let the song in rise. your ear. Let that song rise and in sing out your to the Lord. Ear. Just sing out the song you have in your in heart. In your ear. Yeah. In your ear. So bless the Lord, all oh my soul. 
He loves the quiet. He wants our hearts. So, Lord, we, we just say thank you for being here with us. Thank you for inviting us into your presence. Jesus, thank you that you've made a way on the cross with your death for us. You invite us into the very throne room of God. Friends, do just take a seat for a moment. Thank you so much, guys. That was absolutely wonderful. Just to lead us into the presence of God. That was wonderful. Well, great. Well, it's lovely to see you. Just a warm welcome to you again, especially if you're visiting us or here for the first time or trying to find a, a church in Ealing. It's great you've come to join us this evening. Um, I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, just before we take a break, um, I just want to invite Amy to come and join me. We're going to do just tell you a few things that are going to happen at St. Paul's in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, and then we're going to have just a chance to grab a drink and come back and uh, share one or two stories of God at work in everyday life. We want to celebrate that God loves us and is for us, and, and maybe some of you have got stories you'd like to share, and we'd love to hear those. Um, but before we do that, Amy, it's great you're here with us. Um, don't know why I said that, just thought I should welcome you. It's good to do that, isn't it, really? Thanks. I'm also welcome. It's nice to see me here, too. Um, <laughs> welcome, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Seriously, needed a yeah. hint for that one. Okay, now I'm getting old, so I need to move the kind of piece of paper closer to my eyes. Um, I think that, that happens. Is that all right? Can you just hold it for me? Hang on, hang on. Oh, further no, away? It's, yeah, further away. No, 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 far. Okay, behave. Okay. So let me tell you about some stuff that's coming up. Um, next uh, Saturday, and oh, sorry, in two weeks' time, week on Saturday, on the 5th of April, we are really excited to launch a new initiative in Ealing called Prayer on the Streets. Um, we're going to be uh, gathering outside Christ the Saviour Church on, in Ealing Broadway, just in their grounds where they sell the Christmas trees at Christmas, uh, with a team of us offering prayer to anyone who might like it. It might be prayer for healing, it might be prayer for just another need or another person. Um, and we would love to have as many people as possible from, from St. Paul's who'd like to be involved in that ministry to come and join us. To do that, we've got two training sessions, uh, and you need to just need to come to one of them if you want to be part of the team uh, of the Prayer on the Streets team. There's a training session next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. till 12 uh, till midday at Christ the Saviour in the hall. That's the church at Ealing Broadway, or on Monday evening, that's the 31st, a week tomorrow, uh, at St John's Church in Mattock Lane from 8 o'clock till 10 p.m. Uh, that's just a place to come and find out about the Healing on the Streets, uh, Prayer on the Streets uh, initiative and uh, to be trained and to meet with others from a number of different churches who are joining in to do this. It's a really, really fun way to show the love of God by just praying for others. So let, if you want to find out more, there's information in the news sheet, but do come and talk to myself afterwards if you'd like to sign up for one of the training sessions either next Saturday or the following Monday. 
Great. Um, you may well know, if you've been in any card shop recently, that next week is uh, Mothering Sunday. So if you don't know, it is. Just a little reminder, send your mum a card. Um, I need to do that. I haven't done it yet. Trouble. That's Trouble. Um, we'll be having a special service next Sunday morning, a uh, special Mothering Sunday service. So it's a great opportunity to invite somebody along. It doesn't have to be your mother, your biological mother. You can invite somebody who's been like a mother to you, your grandmother, friends, relatives, whoever it might be. But it's a great opportunity to bring somebody. We'll be having a lot of fun. Did, did you say there'll be gifts? Probably. Okay. I didn't want to say it, and then there aren't gifts. So there will be. There'll be gifts. So um, come. And Mark get a gift pain. for yourself. So uh, that's next Sunday in the morning. Great. And um, a week on Saturday as well, first thing in the morning, we have our next men's breakfast. So plenty of saturated fat, fried up with nice, not fried with coffee. That's terrible. Who would want fried breakfast with coffee? <laughs> Served with coffee uh, and all sorts of other things. And that's at 8 a.m. up in the balcony room, Saturday the 5th of April. We're uh, going to be interviewing three different guys from St. Paul's who, in different walks of life, are going to talk about how Jesus uh, and their faith uh, relates to the workplace and everyday life. It's going to be a really cool, fun morning. Five quid. If you're under 18, it's probably two pounds. Um, if it's not, then you can pay two quid and come along. It's going to be a great morning. Uh, if you want to come, sign up. I don't know if Guy Larrero is here this evening. He's not, then you'll have to come and see myself to sign up. So that's going to be a great night. That's our men's breakfast um, a week on Saturday. Great. Um, if you are in years 10 to 13 and you are musical or a singer or not, doesn't matter, uh, you can come to Youth Jam on the 4th of April. Is that, do you know what day? It's a Friday. So it's Friday the 4th of April, 7.30 till 10 here. Uh, the next Youth Jam. If you need more information about that, you can contact Mark Tate. It's in the newsletter as well, so grab a copy of that so that you can keep the date free. Brilliant. And on Easter Sunday evening, uh, we're going to be having uh, baptisms by full immersion here uh, at the, as part of the evening service. If you would like to be baptised, if you've not been baptised before uh, and want to be baptised, please come and speak to me. It'll be a fantastic celebration as we celebrate Jesus risen uh, and alive today. We want to celebrate that by celebrating what he's done in our lives. So if you're interested in finding out more about being baptised or would like to be baptised, please see me uh, after the service. That'll be brilliant. And last but not least, uh, also in the newsletter, is um, about Ealing Food Bank. So I don't know if you know Ealing uh, has a food bank, but they'll be opening a new centre in Hanwell that will be running on Wednesday mornings. So there's an op opportunity there to uh, volunteer or to tell people who might need uh, to use the food bank about that. Um, and if you want any more information about that, you can contact Anna Weaver or Nell, and their emails are on here. And Anna's here, aren't you? Anna's there. So you could just say hi to Anna there. just over there after right. the service if you want to find out more about the food bank. Great. Well, why don't we just say hi to those around us? Uh, and we're going to gather back in just a couple of moments' time. And if you've got a story you've got at work, we'd just love to hear one or two of those uh, uh, in a little moment's time.
Okay, let me call you back. It's always a rowdy cue by the tea and coffee. Great, gather back in guys. We're, I'd love to hear stories of God at work, just in everyday life. If you've got a story, we've got time for a couple of stories, we'd love to hear them. Could you come forward now, just come to my right hand side, your left here. If you've got a story of God at work. Great, come forward. Okay, that's three. That's brilliant. Wow. That's really quick. That is definitely the record for people coming forward to share stories. Okay. Johnny, tell us, mate, um, what's God been doing in your life? It's quite a personal one. Uh, six weeks ago, I was in a car crash, and um, someone crashed into the back of me, and I ended up on a spinal board in an ambulance and everything. And um, I got told I, I had uh, damaged pretty much the top of my neck all the way down to the bottom of my spine. And I went for physio and I was getting horrific pain um, constantly in my back and in my neck. And um, he said, oh, you'll be coming for a couple of months, if not permanent damage. So I was a bit sick of that. So I came last week and I just sat there at the back of church. I just said, you know, God, I'm sick of this. You know, I want it gone. And Joss Mellorish was just wandering around. So I pulled him over and said, you need to pray for my back right now. And he just prayed with authority and I've not felt a bit of pain since. So Amazing. That's great news. Johnny, thank you. Wonderful. Tell us your name. Antoinette. I only ask because I always pronounce it wrong <laughs> and I felt bad. So tell us what's God been doing? So funny enough, it's also a backstory. But this morning I woke up with a spasm on my right hand side. I couldn't turn my neck. I could only turn my neck about this far and I couldn't look down. I couldn't lift my shoulder or anything. And I was actually just complaining to Chrissy about it tonight when we came. And then during praise and worship, when the first sort of semi break, when you came up and prayed a bit and stuff, I just felt both my size like heats up and I felt like pins and needles in my right hand side and now I can look, I can lift my shoulder. I, it's just, it was instant. And well, the, it's probably a tenth of the pain is still there, but I mean, I can move it around and it's just, it's amazing. That is amazing. Right in the worship. Happened, yeah, it just happened right here, right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Is anyone else here suffering with back pain at the moment? Anyone else here got just pain in their back? Your husband has got pain in his back. Do, you just pray for us. Pray for anyone here who's got back pain. Would you do that for us? I shall. Thank you, God, for healing me, and I just want to praise you, and thank you for this. And um, I just pray in Jesus' name, anyone who's got back pain or um, any physical pain in their, in their body, I just ask in the name of Jesus to come and heal it now and just come and fill our bodies and um, repair every muscle, every bone, every spasm that um, is not in the right place. And thank you. Amen. Oh, man. Thanks, Antoinette. Keep, guys, if you've got back pain, keep trying that. Just keep praying for yourself and see if that kind of comes up. What amazing. Two testimonies straight off. Chrissy. Chrissy, tell us, what is God doing in your life? Um, well, I have two little short stories. Well, okay? yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> so about two weeks ago, we had about 30 Americans come to share their faith all throughout Ealing, um, which was awesome because they got into over 70 conversations with people and shared the full gospel with about 40 people, which I thought was awesome. So praise God for that. Um, and then also there's a student that I've been mentoring um, at UWL and just last week, well in a matter of about two or three weeks, she was able to start a Bible study with two of her flatmates and one of them recommitted their life to Christ. So God's been doing awesome stuff. That's amazing. What wonderful news. Thank you, Chrissy. That's great. Let's give it up for Chrissy. 
I wonder if there might be more stories, but why don't we stand and just celebrate God's goodness? We're going to take our financial offering during this song, uh, so if those are ready to do that, would be great. But let's stand, let's sing, let's give thanks to God for his goodness to us. And then we're going to invite Carl, who's going to come and speak to us. so much goodness to us Lord we pray extend your goodness through us to our community and our world we pray in Jesus name Amen Amen friends do take a seat Carl come and join me
Well, it's great to have Carl with us. Carl was here a few weeks ago uh, speaking at um, men's chili night, not curry night. Keep getting that wrong. But it was a fantastic evening, so we're in for a real treat this evening. So well, why don't we stretch out a hand and pray for Carl as he comes to speak to us. So, Father, I just thank you for my friend Carl. Thank you for his faith. For, Lord, all the exciting things that are happening, not in his everyday life, but in his spare time as well. And, Lord, I pray you'd bless him, you'd encourage him, you'd fill him. And, Father, through him tonight, may you speak with real power to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start by reading a massive chunk of the Bible. That's all right. So uh, you can follow it with me if you want, or you might just want to close your eyes and listen to it, or you can stare at me while I read it. I don't really mind. There's options. Uh, and, then, and then we'll go from there. This kind of, I'm not actually preaching from this passage, but it kind of, it gives us a backdrop to what I'm going to talk about later. It's kind of like a, a foundational bit of scripture. So it's Psalm 18. Before I read it, can I just check, am I echoing loads? That, that's just a gift I can do that I'm throwing my voice. Okay, so shall I swap to the handheld? I'll do that. Okay, is that better? Cool. So uh, this is Psalm 18. It's going to take a few minutes, okay? So just bear with me. It's good stuff, though. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. The Lord is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And from his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountain shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. 
I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourselves faithful. To the blameless, you show yourselves blameless. To the pure, you show yourselves pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield, and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet, so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I didn't turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight. I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he, he, he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. For you have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As, as soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows his unfading love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Father, we pray as we ponder on your word and as we consider what you might be saying to us this evening, uh, that you would keep our hearts open, uh, keep us attentive to your spirit. Help us to be bold and courageous for you. Help us to have clean hands before you. Help us to honor you in all things. Um, um, we say together, Father, you are sovereign. We believe that together. You are sovereign. You are ahead of all things. And we humble ourselves before you. And we give you all the glory. And we thank you for all the good things in our lives. And we remember you in the bad days too you are God so we invite you Holy Spirit to continue to
minister to us tonight and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I, um, I do a lot of traveling uh, for a living. I, uh, um, well, I do a lot of trains, planes, and automobiles. Um, I speak to a lot of people, mostly blokes, because I run a men's ministry. Uh, and I find myself uh, sometimes talking to lots of people and sometimes not to many people at all. In fact, you know, if you, if you get to do a speaking engagement, as a speaker, somebody who speaks for a living, if you get to speak to 3,000 people, that's a really easy gig. Because if you've got 3,000 Christians who have paid to be somewhere, they're basically, their faith levels are up, they're a little bit pumped, and, it, you know, the worship's generally quite cool, and, and there's a brilliant atmosphere, and the coffee's generally good at bigger events too, so everyone's a bit wired, and it's all good. That's really easy. That's an easy gig, right? A big stage conference is easy. So the toughest challenge I have is like, it's 20 blokes in a curry house in Hull. Yeah, that's the biggest challenge I have. Or like you pitch up somewhere and there's 12 blokes in a ferret in a working men's club and four of them aren't Christians and I have to stand up and speak to them. That is the, that is, I think there is no greater challenge for an evangelist to stand up in front of hostile people who've been dragged there by their mates. So I think doing that for me gives me some perspective on, you know, keeping myself you know, humble because you can kid yourself if you get to do a big event. You can kid yourself if you're the big speaker. You know, it happens like once a year or once every five years if you're me. But actually my bread and butter is standing in front of small groups of people and trying to tell them about Jesus Christ. And I love doing that. I mean, that's the, that's the big passion for me. So I came to Christ at 18, I'm 42 now. And all that time, I've, I've been mostly an evangelist, just trying to tell people about Jesus. So as part of what I do, we're operating around the world. Um, about a year ago, my wife, who is also my PA, she booked me to do a tour of the Netherlands, a little European tour. And European tours are really cool because, again, the coffee's good, croissants are brilliant, you know, food's good, hospitality's great, and, you know, Europe can be kind of quite a cool place to hang out. So I went uh, to, I went on Easy uh, Ryanair, which wasn't so cool, to uh, Amsterdam, uh, The Hague, Groningen, Veenendaal, back to The Hague, Amsterdam, fly home, Ryanair. And um, I, 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 I don't really know what's coming next because I travel a lot. Uh, I mean, I've done 16 flights since January, so I travel a lot. And that, that's not including all the trains and the car stuff. I just sort of look at my diary and, and my wife points me in the next direction. It sort of appears on my iPhone. I think, that's where I'm going next. So I flew from Amsterdam back to East Midlands. And what I'd noticed when I was in the waiting area for the airport is that Karen, my wife, had brought me to go to a little village in Leicestershire called barrow on saw straight after being in Amsterdam. Now, I've been, have you ever heard of that place? No, of course not. No, he's heard of Baron Saw. So, I'll be honest, you know, a little bit grumpy. I know as Christians we've got to have inner joy, but I'm a little bit grumpy, if I'm honest. Amsterdam, Nahe, Groningen, Veenendaal, Amsterdam, Barrow on Saw. So, I get on the Ryanair flight, which is like a bus with wings, and then I'd... I go to East Midlands and then I drive home. I've got two hours, have a quick shower, cup of tea, pat the dog, get in my car, drive to Barrow on Saw, book to speak at a curry night. So 
So turn up at the curry house in Barrow on Saw. There's four or five things in Barrow on Saw. There's a curry house, there's a church, there's a pub, there's a canal. Oh, a few houses. So I pitch up a tiny little curry house. I mean, it's tiny. Uh, organizers there, and I said, uh, I read in my diary is evangelistic. So I said, how many, how many non-Christians you got coming out? And he went, about seven. Cool, brilliant, good effort. How many blokes turning up? 22. So that's great, great. Bit grumpy, if I'm honest. I said, uh, what's on the menu? He went, chicken, boona, and naan bread. So anything else? He went, no, chicken, boona, and naan bread. So what if you don't like chicken, boona? Naan bread. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, so, okay. So, I mean, just to add a caveat to this, I, my, I am originally from Romford. And that, that means my DNA genetics mean I look outwardly grumpy. You know, it's just the way it is. And my accent means I sound grumpy. Now, I've been a joy because I've met Jesus Christ, but I just look miserable. You know, I try and smile. My wife uh, got a text the other day from a local vicar's wife saying, I've just seen Carl walking a dog, and he looked like he wanted to murder someone. And my wife, she, my wife texted back and said, that's his relaxed face. It means he's okay. So, so I'm in this curry house, but I'm feeling grumpy, so my... my Christian smile has all but disappeared and I'm feeling inner joy is sort of still there but a bit miserable and then I said how long have I got to speak for he said 15 minutes so I can't do an introduction in 15 minutes I'm an evangelist now it takes me 15 minutes just to say hello so I thought I'll honour it I'll honour what he says so chicken booner 15 minute talk I'm sitting it's a very small curry house so I'm sitting like here and about where you are there's my mate sitting there called Gasky. Gasky is an ex, his name's Paul Gask, call him Gasky. He's sitting there and he's uh, an ex uh, anti-terrorist squad detective and uh, he's got a skinhead, looks very aggressive and grumpy. And, and next to him was a bloke who looked even more aggressive and grumpy with a non-biological skinhead, deliberate one. And, and he's just staring at me during the whole talk. To cut a long story short, He's just staring at me murderously the whole time. Uh, so I did my 15-minute talk, sat down. The bloke's not taking his eyes off me. Looked like he wanted to hurt me. I go to the bar, get a Diet Coke so I'm driving. It makes me even more grumpy because I fancy the beer. But I Diet Coke, uh, just being honest. Uh, and and he, this bloke, the grumpy bloke, comes up and says, um, i cut this very short. Uh, I mentioned this at a New Wines Day. It's an amazing thing that happened. Uh, this bloke looks at me and says, uh, can your Jesus forgive anyone? He swore a little bit as well, actually. He was a little bit, he wasn't as friendly as that. I mean, he's right in my face. Can your Jesus forgive anyone, my good fellow? And I said, I said, um, yes, he can. No, he said, your Jesus, which is an indication he didn't know Jesus. Your Jesus, your particular Jesus. So I said, yes, he can. He went, all right, can he forgive uh, a Nazi who... Uh, exterminated people, Jews, in a concentration camp. Uh, I said, yes, he can. He went, well, how, how on earth does he do that? Good man. Words to that effect. So, and now I'm aware that everyone's listening. Everyone's listening. So I explained the cross to him again. And this guy gets tears in his eyes. I said to him, if this SS commandant, whoever it was, if his heart was broken, I try not to use jargon like repentance sings, people don't get it. So if his heart was broken, if his bloke was done in by what he did, and he'd say, he'd just full, like just broken, shattered by what he'd done, 
and he called out to God and he realized that Jesus was the son of God and he died for him. Uh, you know, G- Jesus is the SS commandant on the cross. You know, he took it, he took the hit, he got executed in his place. It's like his tears, you know, start welling up in his eyes, storms out the curry house. Gasky comes bounding over and he goes, that's very significant, that. Very significant. And I said, what's that? And he went, he got nicked at gunpoint planting a pipe bomb at a gay rally. I thought, I wish he had told me that five minutes ago. Would have been a little bit more nervous. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. He said, yeah, he's, I'm his prevention officer. We've got this pre- terrorism prevention scheme. He said, he's a general in the neo-Nazi movement in the UK. He said, have you heard of Combat 18? I said, yeah, yeah, the really bad one. He went, yeah, worse than that. Much worse than that. And he was their leader. And he's, he fell out with them. And they're trying to kill him. So he goes into, he's living under an assumed identity in Barrow on Saw. I said, what's he doing in a chicken boon and naan bread night? He said, he said, he's sitting on board. He's got nothing to do. So I said, why don't you come in here, my mate, uh, have, do a little talk and have a curry? So he's gone, yeah, all right, got nothing else to do. So this, this terrorist guy come out for a chicken booner in Barrow on Saw with Gasky. Uh, story goes, next morning I get a text message from Gasky. He's going, this is awesome, this is awesome. So you won't believe you've got a phone. He's phoned him up and he said, the guy didn't sleep all night. Didn't sleep all night gets up in the morning, finds a local uh, Baptist church, the one church in Barrow and Saw, it's open, walks in there, this guy, and uh, finds a pastor in the study. It would have been, I'll show a picture in a minute, it'd be like, what is going on? Uh, and he goes, I saw this bloke last night, had a chicken booner, naan bread, you know, and asked if this is what, you know, Jesus did, and he said, I said, is it true? And he said, is this true about the, Jesus? Thankfully, the pastor's a proper one. And the pastor says, because you can't, you never know, dear. So he said, that's true. He said, that's true. This is all true. This guy, Chris is his real name, drops on his knees, gives his life to Jesus Christ. So radical is his transformation, ongoing, that he's now systematically pretty much dismantling his terrorist network by leading people to Jesus Christ. He's led his son to Jesus Christ. He was estranged from his son. He's come to Christ. He's leading people in his cells, the terrorist cells, to Christ. He, he is so radically transformed by the gospel that he, three months ago, preached to 1,500 people, uh, school kids, at Holocaust Memorial Day and talked about the nature of forgiveness. After nine months, someone who hated the world and everything in it and perpetrated crimes that you wouldn't believe is now preaching about love and forgiveness to school kids on Memorial Holocaust Memorial Day. Not only that, here's a little amazing thing that happened a few weeks ago. There is a, I can't name the person for those reasons, but there is a, a black premiership footballer who got sent a bullet, a live bullet through the post with death threats saying that they were gonna kill his whole family my mate Chris went to a men's breakfast and this bloke that has come to Christ, his premiership footballer, was recounting the story. Chris walks up to him and says, that was me. I sanctioned that death threat. I'm the one who sent the bullet to you. And these two guys hug in a men's breakfast and pray for each other. That was a few weeks ago. This is the gospel we preach. That's the level of transformation that's available through the message of Jesus Christ. I'll show you a picture of him if you've got one. We got that picture? Key division? 
we pop that picture up, because I want to show you him. That's me in the middle. <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like when he came over to me and went, Can Jesus forgive anyone? <laughs> it's a little bit shocking. That's our offices, uh, men's ministry, pool table, obligatory in the foyer. The bloke on the right is called Swanee. His actual name, we give, everyone gets a Y on the end of their name in men's ministry. That's why I'm beachy. Swanee, he's, uh, he's got an amazing story of transformation too. Comes out of a very violent, difficult criminal background. He's actually a tattoo artist. And he's, uh, his actual name is Graham Swan. Like the cricketer, right? So he got a book for men's breakfast. And it said, he come in here, Graham Swan, have a bacon sandwich. Absolute pack out. They thought they were going to get Graham Swan the cricketer. They got Swanee, the tattoo artist from Loughborough. <laughs> but he said, he said, they all got the gospel, so it was all right. Radical transformations through the power of the gospel. Now, someone like me, I, I have a very easy gig here, you see, because I pitch up, I do a 15-minute talk, I tell them about Jesus Christ, and it's like, this is what's happened. Uh, I, it's like, if, if I was fishing, I don't think anyone is into fishing, oh, I could be fishing. Caught the, caught the biggest amateur catfish on the River Ebro two years ago. That's good, isn't it? Moving on. So, it's like if you cast out a line with a hook and bait, an evangelist is as if someone there is holding the fish, a hungry fish, over the bait. His mouth is over the hook. And you're holding his mouth open, then the eva- and, and, and then you release the mouth, and the fish just bites it, and you reel it in. And everyone goes, what an amazing evangelist. Because what no one sees is all the work that went on in the background to set the hook, you know, put the bait on, hold the fish, you know, nurture the fish in, pull the ground belt down. Oh, I'm not going to go on about fishing, because you know what I'm talking about. So that story there of Chris is actually very little to do with me. The back story is this went on for years. Gasky's a Christian, see. And he went above and beyond the call of duty in his work as a police officer. In fact, his little team of guys did. There were three of them. Two of them were Christians. And what no one knows, the unheard story, is that for years they went massively above and beyond the call of duty. The police, actually, I think, he's just a scumbag. You know, you're not going to go the extra mile for a guy like that, probably. But these boys did. Now, when they were off duty, Chris would phone them and say, I think I'm in trouble. And they'd go out and see him at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, sit with him all night. They'd read the Bible to him. They'd pray for him. They'd watch their conduct in front of him. Now, and they loved him. And they loved him. And they loved him. And after three years, he goes to a curry night. He has a chicken booner. And someone tells him the gospel again. Because he'd heard it loads of times. And I just happened to be there in the midst of the moment when the Holy Spirit finally unlocked his heart and he gets on his knees and gives his life to Jesus Christ. The reason I mention that is one very important principle that we need to learn as Christians is that every single contact leaves a trace. If only we understood how powerful that trace is. There's a man called Lockhart who developed forensic technology to solve crime. And he said, everything a criminal touches, everywhere they sit and stand, leaves a trace. 
My dad was a murder squad investigator. He was a detective superintendent in the Met Police. He once came home and told me very proudly how they'd nicked a person by the dirt in their turn-ups because it matched the dirt at the scene of the crime. That's proper old-school detective stuff in the 80s, isn't it? Love that. Every contact leaves a trace. Our behaviour, the way we speak, the way we conduct ourselves with people, they're the practical things, but also, spiritually, every contact leaves a trace. Like in the unseen places, like in the heavenlies. I don't think often as Christians, even in you know, vibrant, spirit-filled churches, we realise just how significant our actions when no one's looking are. And how significant our prayer life is and our devotional life. You know, I read that psalm out. Remember it. Twice it says, he will reward you according to the cleanness of your hands. That's very significant. And when you look through scripture, there's some amazing instances of, of the spiritual dynamic of contact leaving a trace. Like, for instance, you've got some astonishing things, like in Luke 8, where, where the, the woman reaches out and touches Jesus' robe. And her faith and desperation touches the anointing of God, and she's healed. I mean, it's a pretty astonishing miracle. She didn't have to touch Jesus. She touched his clothes. There's something there about contact, anointing, holiness. You've got uh, Acts 5, where people try to throw themselves into Peter's shadow. What's that all about? That's a bit weird. But stuff happens around people who are walking with Jesus. And you might say, well, it's an astonishing time, but I'm not sure that that's a get-out for us, really. Acts 19, 11 to 12, people are trying to touch Paul's handkerchiefs because they touch Paul. And now they want to... They, I mean, there are people who try and flog holy handkerchiefs on the God Channel. It's not good. Don't buy one. Don't buy one. But it's interesting. There's something happening here. You know, when I was uh, a couple few years ago now, I ran the London Marathon. And I was, as I was just jog, was jogging slowly along, looking at the scenery and enjoying a few free cups of energy drink, I noticed after eight miles that someone had been hanging on my right-hand side the whole time. And I turned around and I said, hello. And they went, hello, I'm stalking you. They went, are you? I'd sort of noticed that. And they said, well, you're sort of running at the pace I want to run at. So what time are you aiming to do it in? So I told her, you know, three days, seven hours. And said, <laughs> said that's, that's about what I'm aiming for too. And, and I said, that's great. She said, so I've been pacing myself. She said, but, she said, you know, it's just something a bit strange happening. I said, what's that? She feel a bit emotional. I thought, well, I do have that effect on people, you know, <laughs> normally it's sort of grumpy. I said, what's your story? She told me what she did. It's quite a high-profile media job. I thought, it's a bit weird. He said, what do you do? I said, I tell people about Jesus Christ. That's about mile 13 now, you know. So I tell people about Jesus Christ. She said, oh, I consider myself to be a recovering Christian. I said, she said, but it's too complicated to talk about at the moment. I said, well, we've got about two hours. I've got plenty of time. Do I have a little chat? That's weird, isn't it? I remember another time when I was a pastor of a church for 10 years, 
I ran out of printer ink. And I was just, I, I thought, oh, I've got to go and get some printer ink. And there's a shop called, I lived in Billericay, but there's a shop called Gideon Park Typewriters and Ink. Gideon Park was like 15 miles away, so I don't know why it's called that. And I, I thought, I'll just, I was walking up there to the shop, and I was just praying. I was just praying. You know, praying in tongues, actually. I was just sort of m- mumbling away, you know. And I walked into the shop, and this bloke standing there with his assistant behind the counter, was serving someone else. So I just stood there waiting, like patiently. And then they finished serving a customer. And then this guy looks at me. And he said, I said, can I have some printer ink for a Canon inkjet printer, please? And this bloke just starts laughing. Just laughing. So I thought, check your flies, you know. So I thought, what's going on? So I thought, so what's, hap- what's happening? He said, I don't know. He said, there's something about you that makes me want to crack up. <laughs> I said, I don't He said, what's that? I said, I don't know. This is a bit weird. Then his assistant starts laughing too. He's laughing so much, he's got tears rolling down his cheeks, can't serve me. So he said, what inkjet printer is it you want? So I told him what it was, the model number, I can't remember what it was now. I said, you know, it's an EP something or other. He went, <coughs> I just, and I said, are you okay? And he went, I've had a terrible day. He said, you're coming, I feel really happy. I thought, that's the Holy Spirit, because I look really grumpy. I thought, that's, that's really weird. He said, what are you about? Anyway, what are you, what do you, what are you, is it for your office? you want a box behind? I went, no, no, so I just work from home. He said, what do you do? And I told him, I'm a local pastor. He just cra- he cracked up even more when I said that. You know, for instance, I don't look like one. Something about presence, contact, God's spirit, you know, expectation of him moving, touching people's lives. There's something in that that I'm, I'm trying to work through. Like when we were church planting back in the 90s, we were in a, in a rubbish housing estate. I mean, it's just really beating up housing estate. We prayed and fasted and prayed and fasted over 18 months, well, not for the whole 18 months, but you know, a couple of days a week for 18 months and nothing happened. We, we, were, we, were, we were the most least successful church plant in 1996 ever. Nothing happened. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And then eventually, weird stuff started to happen. Like, I remember the first time this person knocked on the door and they said, every time I walk past your house, I feel like crying. I said, you're that vicar bloke, aren't you? I mean, I'm Baptist, actually, at the time. Not anymore. I said, so back, just, I'm not, I resigned from that. So I said, uh, uh, it's not a story. Uh, so I, I said, no, I'm, I'm like a, an undercover church leader because I don't wear a dog collar. He said, I just feel emotional when I come past. I said, well, that might be Jesus. Do you want to go and come in and have a cup of tea? They came in and had a cup of tea, gave their life to Jesus. And, you know, within, within 18 months of that incident, we had a converted household on every road of the estate where we lived. And I can't pin it down to anything except that God will reward you according to the cleanness of your hands and the conduct of your life. I, I can't put it down to anything else. Faithfulness. Romans 13. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not cover, and, and, covet, and what, 
whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime. Not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and don't think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to think about for 10 minutes, what does it mean to put on the armor of light? Because being a Christian isn't just about moral reinforcement. It's not just about, you know, not nicking the pick and mix, you know, not looking at pornography, not drinking too much, all that stuff. It's not just about morality. We do those things because Jesus loves us. Secondly, we do those things because there's spiritual significance in the way we conduct our lives. If we are desperate to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ, which I believe as a Christian we generally would be, then our actions have significance. Think about Samson. You know, as a, in the Sunday school, I never went to Sunday school because I didn't go to church ever until I was 18 because I fancied a girl. It's another story. But I, Samson has his hair cut, loses his strength, except it wasn't that he had his hair cut. He was a Nazarite. He took a Nazarite vow. A Nazarite, they said, don't touch dead bodies. Don't get drunk. Don't cut your hair. What does he do? He touches dead bodies. He habitually goes to parties. He has his hair cut. And God was faithful, faithful, faithful. His grace extended, extended, extended until finally he had his hair cut. And he goes through a punch up with the Philistines and they overwhelm him and they do him in. And do you know what it says? Before he had the punch up, it says the Holy Spirit had left him. This is one of the most chilling verses in the Bible. The Holy Spirit had left him and he didn't even know. I travel all over the world, visiting churches, spending time with Christians and non-Christians. And do you know what I sometimes see? And I point fingers back at myself. People who think they've made it, they're full of the Holy Spirit, and I talk to them and I think, no, you're not. I go into churches that outwardly are pumping, but they just feel dead because there's other stuff going on. They're displeasing the Holy Spirit. Like Ephesians 4, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't grieve him. And you just get this sense as you read that passage that, and you look at the way the, the Holy Spirit is pictured in the New Testament that, that actually allow lead a men's ministry, which is really, you know, a lot of our stuff is just about burning things and blowing up caravans and stuff to tell people about Jesus. It's an excuse, really. A lot of it is that actually the Holy Spirit is incredibly tender and gentle. And, and easily offended. Very easily offended. And we can grieve him and, and sort of that anointing of his presence just flutters away. And we don't even know. That's scary, isn't it? Don't you think that's scary? So our conduct is so important. 
I, I want to see more of this. Like, I want to see more of Chris and Swanee. You know, I want to I want to walk into more typewriter shops. We don't have typewriters anymore, do you? Typewriter ink shops, as it was called, and watch people crack up. Or, or you meet someone in the street and, and stuff just happens. Because I believe that can happen for all of us. We're all priests in that regard. I'd love to see more of that. But the question is, what's the key? I believe it's putting on the armor of light. God will reward you according to the cleanness of your hands. And there is no greater reward than seeing transformed lives, is there? That's our treasure in heaven. You know, a reward from God is not a white Mercedes. It's a, who'd want a white one anyway? It's a transformed, it's a transformed life. It's the greatest reward we can see. Someone's life transformed because of the witness that we bore. So what's the armor of light? Obviously here, there's a lot of stuff about sexual morality and drinking. And I think that's self-explanatory. All I'll just say is that if you are alive and you have hormones and stuff, you are at risk. That's all I would say about that. And what you have to do is set one massive exclusion zone around yourself so that you walk in purity. And, and, and man or woman, have a few friends that will challenge you very, very honestly and, and look into your eyes and ask you the most difficult of questions. Because I, I, sexual immorality is such a massively grieving thing to the Holy Spirit. And not only that, non-Christians notice it very quickly. But there are other keys too. And when I was talking to the year out uh, guys a few weeks ago, I always point people to Romans 12. And I haven't got time to read that now, but if you look at it later, there's like an honor code there for the way we should behave. And I think they're keys to the arm of light. There's a big link between Romans 12, 9 onwards into uh, uh, chapter 13 and 8 to verse 14 these are what I think are so important generosity if you're generous you're happy the most happy people the most generous people uh, you, every, you know a church that has a mean spirit generally doesn't grow churches that are generous they grow through the roof I was at a conference for a denomination I went into Pizza Express to have a little pizza with my mate waiter comes over to me and he goes, a lot of Christians in here tonight. I went, oh, are they, mate? He went, yeah, loads of them. It's a waiter. I said, how can you tell? He said, he said, it's not funny, really. I said, what is it? He goes, none of them tip. They all drink water because it's cheap and they complain more than anyone else. How horrible, wasn't it? That's terrible, wasn't it? So he said, I said, yeah, yeah, it must be a lot of Christians in here tonight. He's <laughs> like, my mate sitting in our superhero T-shirts trying to look incognito. Generosity. Blessing those who persecute you. Loving people, no matter what. Going the extra mile. Not taking offence. Here's one. Five months, oh, no, where are we now? March. In December... I crashed my car at five miles an hour. I was in a queue of traffic, and uh, the, I'm not meaning anything by this, but the lady who was in front of me stopped her car. I don't know why, because it was all moving. 
and I was looking out. I was looking the wrong way, so it wasn't her fault, really. And and I just drove into back at five miles an hour. I'm not saying anything else. So it was raining. It was dark. Get out of my car, and I said, knocked on. I said, Merry Christmas. Very sorry about that. She said, How'd you do that? I said, Well, you stopped, and I was wasn't looking. Very sorry. I said, Totally my fault. I said, Should we look at the damage? So. We get out of the car, get the old torch thing on the iPhone, looking at, she's got a 1989 Vauxhall Corsa with a rubber bumper the size of a Chieftain tank. My car is a, a newer car with a low slung with a crumple zone. Her car, no damage. Front of my car turned into a pterodactyl. It's just like, it's mullered completely. So I said, do you agree there's no damage to your car? She said, oh, yeah, absolutely. She said, car's only worth a couple hundred quid anyway. She said, yours didn't do so well, did it? I went, no. So I went home, said to Karen, uh, front of the car's been remodelled, so I had a slight accident. She went, oh, not again, you know. So um, there we go again. So that was fine. Uh, forgot all about it, went through the insurance, got my car sorted out. Two weeks later, I get, because we swapped numbers, I get a text message. He says this. I took my car to the garage for a damage assessment. There's at least 500 or more pounds worth of damage to my car. But if you give me 100 pounds, I'll forget all about it. Hmm. Grumpy Beachy came back. A little bit annoyed at that. I mean, she's trying to rip me off, isn't she? She's trying to rip me off. But I'm aware that there's battles taking place. Like I can't let things grab me. In. I don't want to be pulled down by bitterness. Because if the enemy captures my heart, he's got me, hasn't he? He's got me. So you know what I did? I got my checkbook. It says Reverend on it. got my checkbook. I'm a proper one and everything. I went to Bible college and everything. So seriously, proper. So I wrote her a check for 150 pounds. I, I got her address and I drove around there in a the pterodactyl and said, <laughs> knocked on the door, she's standing there and I said, just come out and give you the money you asked for. I said, but I put a little bit of extra on there as a Brucey bonus. Merry Christmas, really sorry about all the aggravation. Handed a check, it says reference on it. I mean, part of me wanted to say, you know, don't steal from a man of God because you're gonna, it's going to be really bad if you do that. <laughs> but I, you sort of bite your tongue, you know. And I said, I just, I just want to bless you. And, and I watched her face go grey when she saw the cheque with my name on it. And I said, I work locally anyway, so it wasn't a problem popping around. She said, where do you, where do, where, where, where do you work? And I said, Christian Vision for Men, just up the road. I said, we're, we're a Christian mission agency trying to tell people about Jesus. And I just wanted to say sorry that I drove into your car. And just want you to be blessed at Christmas time. And I could see her wrestling. Do I take the check? Do I not take the check? So I said, I'm leaving you the money. So it's cool. God bless you. Didn't, didn't lead her to Christ or anything. There's no amazing punchline. Got in the pterodactyl, drove away. And part of me thought, I, I bet she doesn't cash the check. She did. Two days later, two days later, I was like, I was really gutting. 
but 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 actually that was not about her that was about me keeping my love sincere keeping my heart right now one of the most important verses in scripture guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life and I think when we live like that then we see that I do I really believe that everywhere we go there's potential to see the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives everywhere we go but I think sometimes we just don't see the spiritual significance of, it, of, of our actions, seen and unseen, heard and unheard. So crucial. Everyone is winnable, even in the most dire of circumstances. If I could leave you with one phrase, it's this. I, I, I try and practice disturbance evangelism. I try and disturb people. I recognise that it's a process to see people come to faith in Christ. So everywhere I go, I try and put a stone in their shoes. I want to leave them with a little limp. So they think, what is that bloke all about? What is that about? But then I have to watch my conduct so that God keeps using me in that regard. So that what they see in me has authenticity. I've just come back from an evangelistic outreach week where one of the Christian men who's got kids was chasing after another woman in front of all these blokes who weren't Christians. And yet he's a passionate Christian. He was flirting away. We never would have taken it far, but he was just flirting away. And you could see in these non-Christians' eyes who are genuinely searching for Jesus Christ, just thinking, there is no join up here. There's no join up. But more than that, I could just sense the grieving of the Holy Spirit. So not just when people are watching, when no one's looking too. We should aim to leave a stone in people's shoes, but keep our hearts right. Be generous with your words. Don't be cynical. Live with optimistic hope. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Believe the best. If someone's having a go at you, bless them back. If someone's slaughtering you on social media, just be quiet. Love them. If someone's been attacking you and someone comes over to you and says, you know, that, that bloke has been saying things about you, do you know what your response is? He's an amazing guy. A gifted guy. Praying for him. That's it. You keep your heart pure. You live right. I'll finish by reading this. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
every contact leaves a trace. Why don't we stand together? So Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak into our hearts now. If there is any offensive way in us, any offensive action, anything we need to put right, we pray, Holy Spirit, you'd speak into our hearts and, and just prompt us on that. Because we want to see people touched by your love and your grace. And we are very much aware that you use us as your ambassadors. Second Corinthians 5.20, we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So you use us effectively, we pray. See if there is any offensive way in us and lead us in a way everlasting. Holy Spirit, come. And just as we stand in the quiet, do you know, it may be as simple as a little bit of bitterness about something, you just need to give it to heaven. A little bit of a dispute you have with someone, you just need to go and say sorry. Someone's in bad mouth and you tell them you love them. God really likes that. It's the key to seeing his anointing flow. Just take a moment, hold out our hands, saying to God, I want to receive from you. Every contact leaves a trace. God has put his spirit in our hearts and he wants to fill us now. Come, Holy Spirit. Just, I have a real sense, one thing I want to do before we just move into a time of ministry, praying for one another. I just love us all to keep our eyes closed for a second. I promise you can trust me, I won't do anything mean. But I think there are one or two of us here who actually were at that place of saying, oh, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want, to, I want Jesus to transform me. You know, Jesus, when he gave his life on the cross when he died for us he carried our sin and our shame our guilt he took it on himself that we might not have to carry it because we're not made to because he loves us and if you're here this evening and you think you know I don't think I've ever surrendered to Jesus and asked him to be Lord and Saviour of my life but you want to start that journey of following Jesus now. As everyone else has their eyes closed, I'd love you just to raise your hand. Just say, yeah, that's me. I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything about this, but I just want to start that journey of following Jesus. No one else is watching. Just but raise a hand to God and say, God, that's me. I want to come and follow him. Thank you. Don't let fear make the decision for you. It's the best decision you could make. Just raise a hand. Say yes to Jesus. Let me pray 
this prayer for you. And you pray it with me if you wanted to do that. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I've done wrong. For the things I've done that I shouldn't have and the things I haven't done that I should have. I want to live a different life, a life that follows you. So please come into my life, Lord, by your spirit. Thank you that you died on a cross for me, that I might know life, and I choose to follow you now. And may my priorities match your priorities. Lead me into eternity, into your kingdom.